Father, thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. You are God all by yourself. You don't need our help. You just want us to serve you. Amen. And so we thank you and we honor you for the privilege of being servants of God. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. Amen. So we're going to continue with our, our uh, what the watchman, what, did, what are we calling this? Yes. Spoiling the strong man number 12. Thank you, Miss Vicky. Praise God. Yeah, so uh, we're still spoiling the strong man. This is what we're to do. Jesus said, occupy till I come. And many people don't even know how to occupy (laughs) your own mind with the word of God. But he wants to fill everything. And uh, the Bible says creation groans waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. So part of our manifestation is occupying. And what does that mean? That means advance and take over territory that the enemy is holding illegally. So everything that needs to be done for us to take, uh, to occupy, take back from the enemy, receive back from the enemy, however you want to put it, uh, is, is been accomplished. Calvary did it all. Total work. And so uh, many people don't understand that that means making known to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God, receiving the things of God, and receiving on his behalf what belongs to him rightfully. So we are occupying the places that the enemy previously occupied or is occupying until we tell him that we're here now. You can't keep it any longer. Let it go. It belongs to God's people, and and we do it to bring glory to him. That's part of what brings glory to God is our fulfilling that mandate to occupy until he comes. And so he is coming back for a church, but it's not complete yet because there are many souls out there that are yet to be one. And, and we're occupying territory down here on earth in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for his glory and to advance his kingdom and for his kingdom purposes. And God wants to do a work down here. And he has, he is depending on us who know him to obey him and keep advancing and keep taking back and keep, uh, uh, receiving on his behalf and, and, and keep uh, telling the enemy to let go of what he's holding. Anytime you see the devil with anything, you have permission by God to make him stop. That's what your spiritual authority is for. Amen. And it's, it's a, a blessing that we have that power because many of us have, have lived in a realm where the enemy has just totally uh, destroyed our lives and, and taken over everything. In fact, I think that's everybody's testimony. And so, you know, when you think about it, he owes us big time. So it's about time we start collecting, if you know what I mean. Amen? We're not waiting on God to do anything except manifest what we've already claimed. And so it's a good thing to keep the pressure on the enemy to keep keep your prayers uh, full of authority and full of power uh, to keep your words full of authority and full of power you know speak words that that bring his kingdom to bear down here don't don't always be looking for god to do stuff for you he's given you total authority 
over all the works of darkness. And so it's good to use your authority. I remember, I know I've shared this testimony before, the late uh, Bishop Idahoso, who was Archbishop in the country of Nigeria. He said when he first was saved, uh, it that cause country was was almost a hundred percent muslim he said he would preach and the muslims would throw rocks at him and laugh at him and you know he he couldn't win a soul and he said that he began to to petition god for it and and um god baptized him in the holy spirit opened a door for him to attend oral roberts university he began to build churches and and in apostolic authority and he said that nigeria was a place for witches conventions they would have a a convention of witches there every year and he was talking to god about it, and he said god what are what am i gonna what are you gonna do about it? and god said what are you gonna do about it and so he said i've given you authority and uh he was invited you know these people who are uh media people are always pushing stuff up so uh this guy that organized all the witches convention was going to appear on local television on a worldwide broadcast and and they uh, they asked uh bishop well he was archbishop of 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 his church organization in that country at the time so they go to the highest person and in that they know and they asked him he said well would you appear on our show this man said he's going to have witches here what is the church going to what's the church's response to it so he went on the show with them and he said while he was sitting there this man was talking and the power of god came on him and he began to speak and he told that man he said you know if you don't renounce witchcraft he said you're going to die right here and this guy said i'm going to have this convention and god can't stop me and he said, no, he's not. God's not going to come here and stop you. He sent me here to do that. And so he told him that man began to fold and began to crumble, began to weep. He said, no, I'm not a witch and I'm not going to have a conference here. And they shut the whole thing down. Amen. Then they later found out in their government books, there was a law on the books that forbid witches to gather together. See, So all the witch doctors in that country are gathering illegally. But who's going to stop them? The government isn't going to stop them. Government lets them do what they want to do. That's, that's less headaches for them. But it's up to the church to call a halt to these things. It's up to people who want to take up the mantle of prayer. It's up to people who forget about your next paycheck and what you're going to do and how much money you got in the bank and your new clothes. It's for people who have died to that. You understand what I'm saying? God, the glory is your clothing. You can't get any better clothing than that. Amen? I'm telling you, when God resides in you, you're the best-looking, best-dressed, purtiest, cutest you going to ever be. You understand what I'm saying? You see so many people, these are prominent people with ministries, and they go under the knife and get plastic surgery on their face. I mean, seriously, how much faith that takes to override all of that trouble that could come one slip of that and they don't tell me they don't do it look at all these people in the world that get plastic surgery they look like little monsters running around here but the glory of god moses was was so appealing the people could not look at his face he had to put a veil over his face for the shining of god that was there which meant that he looked young his skin was was smooth and vibrant, and he was 
pushing 120. You got me? And so these are things that, that we need to understand. Once God comes into your life, there's been a revolution in you. That you are not the same person. Amen? I don't care how many mistakes you make. You're not the same. And so God will, will, he dresses his people in the best. Righteousness is the best clothing you could ever wear. I don't care what else you buy, who designs it, you know, all this good stuff. And it's good to look good as far as that goes, but it's better to look good on the inside, amen, than the outside. So don't worry about appearance. Don't worry about, you know, all these material things. They're, they're gonna, be destroyed it's amazing you can put pay good money for a garment and in store it in a closet and next thing you know a moth is eating a big hole in it i mean stuff just deteriorates that this earth will cause it to deteriorate right in front of your eyes amen and so it's just a good thing to to keep things in perspective you know keep it all straightened out here so that uh you know god will be glorified in your life keep first things first allow god to use you if your prayer life isn't what it needs to be beef up say god how do i uh, uh enhance my prayer life let me get some more tools or some more time let me use my time in the spirit wisely my free time let me use it uh, uh more wisely let me do the things that, that you want me to do first amen i think sometimes we run out of time because our priorities are a little goofed up if we learn how to put first things first and prioritize so that we can have uh god will give you time for everybody everything and energy and money and everything else you need he's not short on anything trust me he got everything amen he's he's all knowing all seeing almighty all powerful he's got it all so so we need to act like that we need to take him at his word we need to go forward in life with confidence that god is with us because he he is with us he is with his church so so he's with us in our prayer life and he's with us in in spoiling the strong man you got to bind him keep him bound People say, well, how long does he stay bound? That ain't your business. See, all, right, right away people want to cheat. You know, you ask that question because you ain't really that big on this kind of stuff. And you want to talk it out of its relevance and talk it out of its power by questioning it to death. Amen. So just mind him. When you see him move, bind him. If he moves again, bind him again. Just keep him bound. And and don't be so inquisitive. <laughs> As my dad used to say. Don't be so inquisitive, you know. So so just just allow God to be God. You you do what you can do. You know, if 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 you if there's a, a rabid dog running behind you. You bind him 15 times until he stops. So now you got the answer to your little question. How often do you bind until he stops? And then after he stops, bind him some more. Send him, give him one to send home to his brothers. <laughs> Amen. So they won't come back and mess with you. So anyway, it's, it's just that way. So we're talking about the spirit of Pharaoh and, and keeping him bound. 
And we see that he is active in governments, always has been, always will be. And so until Jesus comes back, now we can can take authority over him and make him do some assigned things that God has assigned us to do. But just stick with your assignment. Don't try to go beyond that. Amen. Uh, just, just understand what God has for you to do right now at this time. Don't worry about who else is praying. You know, that's always a trick of the devil. Get you to look at somebody else's assignment. Amen. You don't know what other people are assigned to do, but we know what we're assigned to do. So God gives, he's the head of the church. He's taking care of everything. Trust me. We'll have to get on his shoulder and try to direct traffic. Just, just keep your little beeswax straightened out. Amen. People always want to make these pronounce what the church needs to do. Are you the head of the church? Who made you the spokesperson? Tell tell the, uh, the church, whoever that is you talking to, what we need to do. Just do what you're supposed to do and leave people alone. So if we would all do our part, get your assignment from God, or the person that God has assigned as your overseer, your pastor, whoever is is in charge and, and accountable to him for that prayer and for that intercession. If you will do that, then God will begin to use you in, in very, very miraculous ways. There have been some some crucial things that have been done as a response to intercession. Brother Sumrall uh, was in Tibet and uh he he was he had been hadn't been in asia that long he didn't know much about survival customs or anything and he had had a had picked up dysentery and it wasn't getting any better he prayed and it wasn't better and and he had gotten very weak and and sickly and they were riding mules through the mountains and he got got left behind by the party his he and his mules he just started to lag behind because of his condition and he fell off of that mule and was lying there he said for at least two days before they realized he was he was missing and he was he wasn't able to move no doubt in a coma or something and he but god woke him up and healed it Within, you know, 24 hours, people came back and, and found him, and he was beginning to mend by the time they got back to him. Well, he got home about, I would say about a couple of years after this incident. He was, he got back to his church base. I don't, not sure if he was in the United States or he was in uh, South America, but he got back to his, his home base, and there was a woman that had come to the meeting, and she she was you know waiting to talk to him and she asked him if she could if he uh she could ask him something he said yeah go ahead and she asked him if he kept a diary of his his time and she told him a couple what it, the incident happened a couple of years ago and she said i was was asleep and god woke me up on this date and she had it recorded and he knew exactly what he said that's you're exactly right she said he told me to pray for you and i asked him to spare your life because we need you and so he was very, very thankful. But don't ever ask, underestimate what God can do. See, we think people ain't praying and people ain't being obedient. People doing this, people doing You know, you can't tell, you know, a horse by its its color. You know, you just don't know what people are doing. And so it's just good to understand that God knows. He knows who he can wake up. 
If you're one of those people that don't like to be, he ain't gonna bother you. You don't want nobody to say, he ain't gonna bother you. You understand? He'll get some of them people that know why he wakes them up and will do what they tell them to do and won't go to sleep till the job is done. You got me? And so there are some people who, who can pray. And this is the other thing you need to know. If, if it disturbs you when you hear that somebody prayed all night for somebody, understand this. There is a grace in God. You're not doing it on your own power, your flesh. God graces people to sustain them throughout the, the duration of the assignment. So quit being scared of everything, guy. You know, you hear stuff, people say, oh, I'm glad he didn't wake me up. Well, he won't. Just stay glad. He ain't gonna wake you up. So, you know, I mean, there are times you, you just, if it was your sick child, I bet you'd stay up. You slap yourself 15 times to keep yourself awake if it took that. So, God, but God has people who would do an assignment like it's, it's for them. That's what intercessors do. They stand in the place of the other person as though it were their situation that they're praying for. So, that's what a priest is. So, don't, don't worry about Nothing unusual coming into your life. God'll get you to that place. I'm not saying that won't be you one day, but but God'll get you there. You understand me? And He sustains people through the assignment, so He won't leave you high and dry. So anyway, we're talking about Pharaoh in the um, uh, tar, um, weapons that we He uses. So we're going to talk some about witchcraft and how. What he does, how his witchcraft operates so that you can easily identify it and discern it by the spirit. We're not talking about people we don't like. And we're not talking about people who are, are strange people and, and you know, this isn't personal. Amen. This is only business as the mafia would say. When they break both of your legs and send you home crawling, it's, don't take it personal. It's only business, you know. And so, uh, this is this is the business of the kingdom, is confronting the strong man. So this is what Moses did in the natural and in the Old Testament. I find those are your better examples because they are extensive, they are detailed, much more detailed than what we have in the the New Testament. It's kind of abbreviated, but anything you need to find, you can find it somewhere in the Bible to give you instruction on how to deal with these things. So this spirit uh, uses witchcraft, and we see Pharaoh and his magicians. Now, magicians, you know, that's a cute word, but it's witchcraft, amen, because they use certain tools which we see um, in the Bible how they operate. Their magic is one of the tools that they use. You can write that down. One of the tools uh, the uh, spirit of Pharaoh will use is magic. And that that runs the gamut of, of uh, tools that they use to influence people. These are influence um, movements that they use they go everywhere from false signs and wonders lying signs and wonders uh you know where they manipulate the scene realm amen uh you'll see them make objects fly across the room you know like they do in seances and things like that uh 
they will use, uh, uh, we said lying signs and wonders. So they, they all, their, their stuff is to impress you in the natural. And false prophecy is very, very common with them. They will tell you things like, uh, 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 uh you're gonna get, they never say God is gonna do it. So number one, they don't mess with God. They just tell you what's gonna happen to you. So you're gonna get, X number of dollars on X day, and and of course, mammon spirits know how to carry money. They don't want to bring it to Christians. So usually, if a Christian shows up with a fortune at a fortune teller's, they'll tell you something like, "Well, I don't get anything for you," because they're afraid to run into your God. Because they know they could be punished or they could lose all their power if they mess with the one truth. But they'll tell you, oh yeah, everybody, we, we have a spirit and everybody knows the spirit and they'll talk about spirits and talk about everything. But when he, they'll say, well, God's in everybody. They'll make comments like that. Instead of addressing the one true and living, they don't want to have anything to do with him. So when you use the name of Jesus, that's a good way to tell who's who in the zoo. When you see anything that trembles, foams at the mouth, or runs out of the door, you know that one wasn't sent by God. You understand what I'm saying? And so that's always your big tester, is the name of Jesus, in, in praying in the name of Jesus. And so um, they they shy away from the power of God, but they will use whatever power is afforded to them by the strong man that they work for. So they're always looking for more power. They're always trying to get more influence over people. So Pharaoh's witchcraft is one of influence. It's one of lying signs and wonders. It's one of manipulation. Uh, it's, it's more on a mental realm where they can control what you think, what you believe, what you say. All of that stuff. So you'll see them very working very heavily in different kinds of what we call brainwashing, propaganda. All of those tex- techniques are Pharaoh's property. And so when he begins to rise and he begins to uh, use people, he will do it through manipulation of the natural realm. He'll do it through mind control. So you see here in Exodus, and I'll just give you an example here. We've gone over it before, but you need to know his weapons of his warfare and what he uses, witchcraft being the main one. And so you'll see what he uses in force, of course. If he's sitting on the throne, he can tell anybody to do anything, right? Except when you're one nation under God. That's what stops him from doing everything he wants to do in this country, that we are God-fearing and God-serving people. And so he says here in Exodus chapter 8 and verse 18, uh, okay, 16, And the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, stretch out your rod and hit the dust of the land, that it may become lice throughout the land of Egypt. And they did so, for Aaron stretched out the rod, his hand with his rod, and hit the dust of the earth, and it became lice in man and in beast. And all the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. 
So there is a limit to Pharaoh's power and the people of God can set the limit. The people of God can put an end to it. The people of God can stop it. Amen. Now we don't do it in this day and age by imitating what he does. But this was what was necessary at the time because Pharaoh's magicians impressed people. When they would come in, people would back out of the way and bow to them and listen to them. And Pharaoh would listen to them. So they had great power and influence because of they, what they call enchantments. Amen. So they would either chant, they would speak, they would strike, they would do uh, some kind of manipulation in order to make things appear differently than they were. So when it came to the, the other, the other signs and wonders that Moses did, they were able to duplicate those, but God put a limit on what they could do. Amen. When God wants to, to demonstrate something, he's in control of it. He let them duplicate for a season. Amen. And we're not sure why, why they were able to duplicate, but I believe that, that what God was doing was allowing Moses to get, get the magic out of him. Because Moses did the same things they did. He was trained. The Bible says he was trained in all of the, the uh, skills of Egypt. And he was in Pharaoh's. He was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he was trained at the highest level. A magician was the highest level you could get next to Pharaoh. You were his counselor. You gave him advice. You sat up there in the court with him. So that was Moses' position before God found him. That's why he had to stay out of commission for so many years. It was him getting the Egypt out of him. Amen. And unlearning all of the things. Same thing with us. How about you and how about me? We got to get the, the Egypt out of us when we come into God. Amen. And so we have a, a easier way of doing it. We renounce things. See, our confession and our faith do everything for us now. So we're able to renounce it. God had to work it out of Moses. Amen. Through letting him see, letting him see what choose Moses, what are you going to do today? I'm going to go and do what you tell me to do, God. So God was able to take the rod out of Moses hand and put it in Aaron's. So that Moses became a spectator and he could look at what he used to do and lose the desire for it. So with, with Aaron doing everything, Moses was on the sidelines. See, your hands have to be sanctified. You've been using them to, to mess people up and all that kind of stuff. You understand what I'm saying? They, they gotta have a rest and a cleansing from what you used to do so that your mind doesn't automatically go to using them for the same old purpose. You got me? It's like pickpockets. They need to have a cleansing from picking folks' pockets or they go by right, the first opportunity they get, they go right back to doing it again. You know, parents who, you know, parents who have short tempers that sometimes they would just hit the kid out of anger and they say, I just had to go somewhere and calm myself down. You're sanctifying your hands again. Do you understand that? It's, 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 it's something that's common that people do. Amen. I mean, if parents would tell you the truth, 
they tell you, you know, I was, I was too quick to want to hit that one because they knew how to push my buttons. You got me? And knew how to provoke me. And so you got to pray about it. Say, God, give me a strategy so I don't kill this kid. Let me get control over myself. Amen. And so a little bit by little bit, you learned how to not jump every time they said something. Let yourself get triggered. And then you go and you calm down and you realize after a while you knew how to talk to that kid because they needed a talking to. Because evidently the spankings and the whoopings and all that ain't working. So you got to go higher level. This one's crafty. If you know what I mean. So you got to meet him on his brain level and see if you can, you understand what I'm saying. Use a different tack. And so this is what God is doing to Moses. He's sanctifying and cleansing him. Because Moses still had a temper. I mean, after all of this, when they crossed over into the promised land, he was, he was more humble than anybody there. But he still did things that got him in, out of that temper that got him in trouble with God. Amen. Well, he went up and he was a good boy for 40 days in the presence of God. And when he came back down the bottom of the hill, he broke all 10 commandments before he got down there because people was cutting up. Amen. What'd you expect them to do? They down there partying and melted all that gold that they supposed to build God's temple with and made a golden calf. They back in Egypt already. And Moses, Moses got very mad at them. But the one thing God did do that stuck with Moses, he gave him a heart for the people. He was born with that. Cause you could see it back when he was still in Egypt. He saw two brothers, what, two Hebrews quarreling. Amen. And, and the Egyptian, uh, lording it all over, beating them, stuff like that. And, and Moses was trying to make them get along. The Egyptian came along, wanted to whoop him while Moses killed him. Well, God can't have you killing all your enemies physically. I mean, come on now. That comes to an end. So, so God had to take him aside. His 40 back on the backside, the 40 years on the backside of the desert was just enough to get him started. You got me? I mean, sometimes we wonder why, oh no, my ministry, my, how come I ain't in my ministry? And people don't recognize, no, you better recognize God a little bit more. Cause that temper you got, we put you up there in front of people, you be to send everybody to hell cause they don't like your message. And don't laugh cause brother Summerall said he preached like that one time. They would laugh at him when he would tell his testimony about the, the coffin he saw and God and they would, they would sit up and laugh at him and walk out and say, ah, go to hell then. You know, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, come on now. Everybody starts out a rough cut. So Moses has to get the magician out of him. He's got to get the Egypt out of him. Amen. Now he's been living in the land of Midian 40 years. But his father-in-law is also a wizard. He's the high priest of all. Amen. But this man has wisdom that Moses doesn't have. So God's gradually bringing him over until he gets to meet him at the burning bush. But Moses knows nothing about the Hebrew culture. You know, God starts showing him a miracle and he's still got his sandals on.
You know, the presence of God should bring a reverence on everybody. But Moses didn't even know that much. Amen. He just wasn't versed in the Hebrew culture. That's why God brought Aaron to help him. Aaron was his translator. Aaron was his hands before Pharaoh. He was all of that. And so so the magicians were able to duplicate. And then they said, this is the finger of God. Amen. So even witches recognize where God is. They know their stopping point. They know what they can't understand, what puts confusion on them, and what they can't duplicate. And so Pharaoh's heart was still hardened, and he didn't listen to him, and he just kept doing what he was doing. So we need to know this, that Pharaoh cannot be converted. he got to be bound and cast out. Amen. There's no converting some people when God, when the, the enemy puts them up in authority. So you'll know that from different people who have been dictators over the years. Most of them died either in battle or committed suicide or met some other demise that, that, that could not be reversed and they could not be converted that we know of. Now you don't know what God does in the, the, you know, depths of his darkness, their darkness before it's their time is up here on earth. Pretty much people will go to hell because of witchcraft powers that keep them so hardened against the things of God. Amen. If you ever want to hear a good testimony on a conversion of, of a witch, Henry Groover's had some very, very uh, good um, encounters on behalf of God with uh, witches and warlocks. In fact, he was able to pray for a, a, a witch, a warlock couple. They both got saved, and the husband uh, was sick with uh, a cancer of the stomach and the bowels, and he said that is a common curse put on them if they leave the coven. And so he left to serve God. His wife had gotten saved first, and so he Henry would, would keep in touch with them. He was good at keeping friends with people when they were converted and really he was really their pastor for most of the time because most churches didn't want them in there they were scared of them it's really a shame but here we have christians quote unquote with power don't know how to use it and so scared of people that come in from the world they don't know they don't know how to love people that, that have that background. They're more afraid. Why? Because they're more in the flesh sometimes than these witches are. You got me? You've got to be converted yourself. You've got to be anointed by God and you've got to have that fearless anointing on you. You know, apostles and prophets have it. We're just born with it. You understand what I'm saying? It's gift. <laughs> Most people don't like you know, his gift comes in handy for some stuff. You know what I'm saying? And and so when you operate in that, it gives you that fearlessness where you're not afraid of anything when you're under that anointing. And so Henry was not afraid. He stayed close to God. He would pray and ask God. His every move, he had to clear it with God first. He didn't charge out and do something because he felt like he was powerful. And so he befriended these this couple. Uh, they had a, a son, and uh, he was turned over to a couple, a uh, physician and his wife, and they raised the boy. 
so that he wouldn't have to be around, you know, all of that element. But Henry had destroyed all the altars of their covens and broke the power of that whole thing that they were uh, in charge over. And he said if they were saved for maybe about 10 years before the husband came down with this cancer. And so Henry said, well, I've been praying for you. And, and you know, God wants to. He said, no, Henry. He said, mm, I talked to God. He said, and I've talked to him and I've made a promise with him. And I said, God, if there is any, any chance that I might go back to what I, what you delivered me from, just take me home. Let this be the end of my life. And sure enough, he died, you know, not long after that. Why? Because he didn't want to go back to the hell he got delivered from. You know, you know where people's hearts are by what they want to do with the rest of their life after God delivers them. And he he knew that that if there was a chance he would go back, he did not want that. And so he chose, and he was assured that God would heal him. He knew that much about the Lord. He knew the goodness of God. You get delivered from all them demons, and you know God is good. Amen? And so, so we, we, and this is what they need. They need people in the body of Christ to be able to give them scripture, pray with them, get them delivered, get them healed, not judge them. Yeah, we all got a past. Some is worse than others, so we think. But it'll all take you to hell if you don't repent and get get born again. And so, so this is the fate of witches. They don't live long. They are not healthy people, uh, and many times they're not well people, and they're mentally not well people. And so you see a lot of mental derangement now in in the world. And it's because of witchcraft. Don't don't fool yourself and think that those people are just uh, unusual people. There's too many of them under the same influence of the same demon for it to be a coincidence. It is it is purposeful uh by by witches who are in authority and and uh and use their witchcraft for for the dark things and to release power on this earth. Henry Henry Groover said that he was in forget what country it was somewhere in the it was in Africa or he had, had run into a man that that was a that he was I know what he was he was a Christian a minister in Africa and he knew about all the witchcraft there they they just know him you understand what I'm saying and they know how to fight it and they fight it and uh, he was saying that uh he said he said yeah Barack Obama's grandmother lives here and she's in white witchcraft and so Henry said really and he said yeah she's in she put spells on women he said, he said, he said, I watch, he said, he said, you watch one time and see, she puts a spell on the women in his audience that they will start to pass out when he comes in. And if you've never been around those people that were that crazy about him, that was a common thing. You would have men, some of the men on, on a, a news commentator, Said, he said, I feel this, this feeling going up my leg when he speaks. Do you understand what I'm saying? This ain't, this ain't right, folks. This ain't right. And people will do anything to get power. You don't know what they'll do. And that's not uncommon for people in our government to be involved in witchcraft. 
Nancy Reagan would have people who were doing, giving horoscopes and wanting to know what her husband was going to be seeing next and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's so common. People just embrace it and accept it. We accept so much stuff nowadays that we, we didn't use to. A hundred years ago, you couldn't pay a Christian to start looking at a horoscope. You couldn't pay them. Now they're in every newspaper. Thank God newspapers are shut down, but they're on the Internet too. So people can find them. You know, and, and live their lives by that stuff. And so this is something that's very, very common, folks, for people to resort to witchcraft and the mental. Pharaoh is more involved in the mental aspects of witchcraft. Things that will deceive you, manipulate you visually, where they can perform magic in front of you, manipulate you visually. They can manipulate your hearing, the way you hear things. They can, witches can release spirits that will distort words that you hear when you hear them so you don't hear them correctly. Amen. You ever been around somebody that gets offended every other word you say? Their hearing's been distorted. Amen. They're under some kind of power that makes them hear it like it's being spoken against them all the time. That's why when you get too bad with it, they give you a little pill somewhere and put you somewhere so you don't get run over by that kind of stuff. Because delusions will control your life. Pretty soon you can't hear anything but that voice telling you somebody don't like you. And That's why I stay away from people because they always got some, somebody in church don't like me. When I hear people want to run to the pastor and tell them, I say, no, honey, you're, you're mistaken. That's not true about that person. I know that person. That's not true. It might be true in the natural, but I ain't going to co-sign it. It's crazy. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you, you may not be too likable. Son, the people don't want to hear that. It's always projected onto somebody else. And so you you got to be careful about how you hear. That's why Jesus said, be careful how you hear. Make sure you're hearing by the Holy Ghost and not just by your little carnal ears and what the devil tells you is going on. So the witchcraft is pervasive in atmospheres worldwide, folks. That's why it's good to meditate on the word. Pretty soon that's going to be the only thing you're going to have time and be allowed to do just to stay away from the interference in the atmosphere that wants to tell you something different. And so, so... Uh, Pharaoh and his strategies, his magicians, they, they will, will, um, um, uh, try and keep his favor until they run into God. This is why intercession is important. Amen. Intercession is so important because there are people on levels of witchcraft that can be converted. That soul can still be converted. They're not totally lost. It just depends on how much power the enemy gives them, you know, and how how steeped in what's going on. The Gadarene demoniac, he didn't even wear clothes anymore. He was living in the tombs, cutting himself all the time, but yet he got delivered when Jesus came onto that island. So people aren't, aren't beyond redemption. They can be prayed for. They can be saved. Especially God, just ask God to give you the burden, the assignment. If he doesn't give it to you, let it alone. 
Amen. But ask him about sometimes people that need prayer. Madeline Murray O'Hare, the one, the woman, she, she popularized suing the government. Now the government gets sued by everybody all the time, but, but her witchcraft opened the door for that because at one point people didn't just randomly sue the government for everything and suing school systems, suing these people, suing those people. And she was able to spearhead a movement of now, uh, uh, lawyers coming out of law school. Most of them are liberal people and, and they're the most litigious. They'll go to to court against anybody anytime. Amen. And so now we've got a, a trend that's happened where people go to law school and all they want to do is make money in lawsuits, suing people. You know, you find very few people that don't, that want to do something for the public good or public defenders. If public, if they're public defenders, they gotta, they gotta get in on the money end of things. So it's all money that's, that's gearing this now. But she went to, to court to get prayer removed from school. She said, this is what she said. My son, we're atheists and my son is offended when they pray. Tell me that's not to get, gotten to be a popular. I'm offended by it. Hey. So she worked in a power that kept that thing established. People, people who are easily swayed by witchcraft in their thinking now will pick that up. You'll see people church hurt. There's no such thing as church hurt. This is a hospital for sick people. You don't get hurt here. You get healed here. Do you understand me? Go lying on God's people. But everybody's offended by something. I'm offended by that. You can't say that. Now they want to control what you say because it offends somebody. Huh? Politically correct speech versus hate speech. Now the Christians, instead of us being invited places to pray and help people, now we're on the hate speech list. Because we don't want you turning men into women and women into men. And we speak against it boldly and confidently. It is wrong. Amen? So now they've, they've undermined us yet again and gotten in the schools. They've gotten the power away from the parents to talk to children about sexuality. Well, not normal. It ain't normal that they talk about no more. It's not what they used to call sex education that you did maybe in junior high or something. Oh, they're in elementary school telling them, uh, you know, that, that tran, trannies is fun and all this kind of stupid stuff. Letting them people in there with your children. Behind your back. No wonder kids are confused. They quit teaching them reading, writing, and arithmetic years ago. That, that doesn't, that goes on very rare now. Especially in public schools. Cause they figure because you can't afford a private school, they can do anything they want to with your children. Don't be slow people. Let's, you know, come on now, get with it here. This is, we're talking about do and die, life or death. What's going on for real? So they've ascended to the place where you, and barely been noticed by anybody. You know, people who are insecure and nutty think everything's cute. They'll laugh at it for a season. Until your kid goes, comes home one day and they've removed their breasts or something else. 
and you had no clue this was going to be done, how they get permission for the surgery, I don't know. But you must, they must be able to get court orders to get custody of your children to do that. So it's crazy. And you just, we can't just see, shake our heads and say, oh boy, that's terrible. You gotta go to war against this stuff. Or the human race will seek, cease to exist. And I'm not kidding, that's what the devil's after. He wants everybody twisted, perverted, stupid, not knowing who they are, what they're supposed to do. And when they're supposed to do it. And he's having his way in the minds of many, many people. The internet has accelerated his access to people and to vulnerable people. Amen. So, so we need to, to get it in our heads and in our spirits that this is our job to stop this. You stop the devil with one prayer. You don't have to sweat it and all this kind of thing. Oh, that's so hard. I don't know what world you live in, but I live with, live in a land called grace. Amen. If God didn't grace me to be saved, I wouldn't be saved. He graces me to do everything that I do for him. If there's no grace, it's not my assignment and just leave it, but, but stand against it as much as you can. Amen. So removing God from the public square, limited access to God. That's, that's Pharaoh's MO. It's what he was doing with Moses. He wouldn't let him go. He didn't want him worshiping God. That's what he hates. He don't want you worshiping God. He don't want you listening to God. He wants to limit your access to God so he can have all the attention. He can be your God. And so this is, this is how he maneuvers and this is how he operates. Pharaoh's magicians at one point began to defect and I want to show you that because it is possible that people who have been steeped in witchcraft God can convert them and they can see the light so while Pharaoh was not impressed with God's power guess who was after a while the ones who got touched and that was his magicians it says here over in in, um, uh, Exodus chapter 10 this is the plague of the locusts and they began, the locusts would fill, fill the houses, verse 6, the houses of all your servants, the houses of the Egyptians, neither your fathers nor your uh, fathers have seen since the day that they were upon the earth. It's going to be dreadful, terrible. And verse 7, Pharaoh's servants said to him, how long shall this man be a snare to us? In other words, all we're doing is sticking our foot in the trap every time he shows up. So magicians have caved in. No mas. We're done. Amen. And so he says here, um, let the men go. In other words, his advisors are pleading with him to let them go. Don't you know that Egypt is destroyed? In other words, a dictator will destroy everything. Even the land he's trying, the country he's trying to take over, he'll destroy everything before he'll let people have it. The people that are, that it rightfully belongs to. So he'll begin to burn things down. Anybody seen all these fires? What do you think those fires are about? The ones where people are really investigating and exposed, they found out some of these are being set. They haven't found out the origin of all of them yet. But it's, and then they say global warming to try and convince you that these lies they've been telling about that have been right all the time. 
you see there's a recall on gas cooktops. Oh, suddenly, oh, you can't use, it's not safe to use your gas cooktop. Well, the government already warned us they're going to stop us using gas stoves. Did you hear that one? So they're starting. These The devil don't do, he don't threaten to do nothing that he's not willing to carry out. You got me? So take these announcements and pronouncements. Oh, gee, we got to prepare for COVID outbreak again. You prep all you want to, but I'm going out. I ain't staying in and I ain't wearing a mask. I don't care if you put glitter on it. I ain't wearing it. Crazy people. You know when the devil just laughs at that, he'll make you make a trophy out of anything. That contaminated nasty diaper on your face. But you got glitter on it and you think it's something. Right. You ain't making, put that TR on your head too. You'd be a queen with a diaper on your face with glitter on it. Stupid. Man. Just need prayer. You know, some of these people are Christians. They need to pray for themselves and be more discerning. And get out the mirror and get in your Bible. Crying out loud. So, so then the strong man, in Exodus 8, 18, these, these diviners, what they call, they're, they're called magicians. Magi, M-A-G-I, means wise or wise man. So these are the same crew that showed up at Jesus' birth. Amen. So they used astrology, astronomy, but God. See, this crew had enough sense to know God was intervening. So they followed God. Many times you'll find people who are in the dark arts are very open to God. Much more than we may think they are. Why? Because they respect power. And God is all powerful. And many of them are seeking him and don't know that's who they're looking for. They just run into the the curveball. So stay open to preach the gospel to anybody. Even people have been in the dark arts before. So the strong man and his magicians, they use witchcraft as a source of power. All dictators do. All uh, 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 pharaohs do. Uh, Pharaoh consulted magicians to divine things. They were good at divining. In other words, predicting if this was a good time to do this and if this was a good time to do that. And so kings had a lot on their agenda. I want to go over here and conquer this nation. Is it a good time for me to do that? So they all use witchcraft for their opportunities. Amen. It's, it's in, we would always see, you always see in the Bible where, where when one of their people couldn't answer something, God always had one of his down in a dungeon somewhere that could come up, be called up and give them an answer. Or he had a prophet somewhere that could come up and give them the answer. No, don't go up because they're going to slaughter you because you don't work for God. You're evil. If you would convert, you might have a chance. You got me? And so that was always the open door for the servant of God to go impart truth to a ruler. 
And see, people don't want, it'll shock you how many Christians don't vote. Because we've been programmed to think you don't get involved in politics. When has that been true? Under the new covenant, they were always being sent to kings to give them a message. Go to Nebuchadnezzar and tell him I said this. Go to, why? Because God is Lord of all. He ain't, nobody's off limits to him. If he can get one of his servants to straighten up long enough to hear from him and get a straight message. You know what servants of God do when they find somebody famous. So-and-so's in my church. I'm so-and-so's pastor. See, this, this kills. Now, real prophets don't get involved like that. You understand? I mean, the ones who are really developed and sent by God. You don't see a lot of people like that nowadays because there aren't many that, that are as developed as God is going to get us. Trust me. He's going to get people more developed. You're going to have people that will find a way to get into the White House and nobody knew how they get there and give a message to somebody in there. Tell them in three days, you're going to see people packing, moving out of there in a hurry. I prophesy it. You got me? God's a God of mercy. He get people out of trouble before he starts really exposing stuff. He's just getting started now. So the the diviners are the ones that know times and seasons. Now we have a legitimate uh, gift ministry and, and gift from the servants of Issachar, the children of Issachar. Their descendants, that gift is still in the anointing of God and still in the people of God. So it falls in the office of the prophet. We know times and seasons and what people need to be doing. And, you know, that kind of stuff is, is revelation. We don't know it just off the top of our heads. But when God gives you that revelation, you have a gift that can pull that up and be confident in it and be sure of it, not guessing. You got me? And so, so there's, see, Satan has a counterfeit of everything that God has. Amen? The Issachar family was very, very scholarly. They were extremely intelligent people. They were discerning. That wasn't so some cheap gift to know it's your season. That wasn't them. Do you understand what I'm saying? They wasn't it's your season kind of people. They knew. They had that knowing. In them and they knew how to pray and bring it forth and all that kind of stuff. So, so there's a real one in God's people and the fake one is out there. Amen. Many people think they're prophets, but they're just getting a simple word of knowledge and that's drying up because they're not handling it properly. They're handling it like a toy, you know, where they get on Facebook and this is for somebody. I never knew a prophet come into town and say, this is for somebody. You know why? There's no accountability there. What, what did God say? Jonah, go to the people of Nineveh and tell them. It was for Nineveh because he was in Nineveh. He didn't go to Nineveh and say, gee, this is for somebody. He tried to go elsewhere, but guess what happened? All right. He had paid his own ticket 
to go to Tarshish and never got there. Amen. You can pay your own way and not get there if God's got something else for you to do. Don't underestimate his power. So the mental thing that that Pharaoh does to people, we see he's trying to manipulate, but he's on his way down after his magicians cannot duplicate God's power. God extends his opportunities to repent about three or four more times, but after that, the, the door shut. So as long as there's mercy for somebody, they can be converted. But after a season, God closes that door. If they're so steeped in iniquity and in selfishness and in witchcraft, and they people who are under witchcraft always think there's another way to, to do something. One more chance. I got one more opportunity, one more chance. Amen. And so once, once they, once though they are confronted with truth, the ones that can be converted will be converted. So there are people, don't think anybody's beyond changing. You know, don't think they're so bad or gone so far down. They may have exhausted your patience, but God is long suffering. L-O-N-G suffering. Amen. So we need to get on where God's wavelength with him. And be long suffering with him. Amen. And so, so, uh, when, when he, um, his magicians run out of, of power, then the power of God steps up. And, and you need to know that God will come in and he will, um, begin to show people exactly who he was. So really in the land of Egypt, he wasn't just there to let his people go. But these plagues that he did, the demonstration of his power versus Pharaoh's power, was something that he did to convince Pharaoh's people that he wasn't all that. Amen? And that's what dictators and and strong men, they despise that. That counter power. That exposure of their weakness. The exposure of the limits of their power. They hate that. And so they will do anything to stop it and to keep people from doing. That's why churches were closed, to be honest with you. That's why churches were closed. That's why the, we were not allowed to go outside. You can't congregate and share ideas with people. I don't know where y'all live, but I've been living in the U.S. of A for these few months. Got to learn how to watch things by the Spirit and keep your Bible open. Think about it, Selah, for a minute. You think that they really thought we were all going to die from that? People did, but the doctors knew better. They've been grooming that virus for decades. They knew exactly what it was going to do. Who was it going to affect? Why do you think you couldn't get certain drugs? They they wouldn't sell you certain drugs that they knew would help people in the early stages. Wait until people got in the late stage and started talking about a vaccine. Wake up, watchman. Wake up. Shouldn't be a puzzle to you need to know what's going on. 
Why do you think that border is open down there? Those people don't get COVID. I mean, they're never checked for anything. They just flood in here. The government has welded the the gates open. They can't close them no more because they've been welded open. And the materials they had to finish building that wall, they sold them off already. Wake up. So we're here to stop that. Do you understand me? We're what's standing between dictatorship and freedom. All the time. All the time. Let's get more obvious now. That's all. The strong man is more exposed. He has to fight out in the open. And he don't like it. He'd rather trick and deceive people. And let them go happily to the gallows, I guess. You know, instead of people knowing what's going on. So they use witchcraft. That's their primary source of power. They like to use mental manipulation quite a bit so that they can influence people making decrees making declarations all that kind of stuff to manipulate people so we see here though in exodus 10 verse 9 we see some some of the the uh, uh magicians converting they're looking at this they said this, we don't have any power against this. Why don't you quit, Pharaoh? Why don't you leave these people alone? Let them go so we can go back to our normal routine. Where there is go, no, gonna be no normal routine. But at least there are some people who are wise and who come out of it, out of the deception. We call them whistleblowers in this country. People who know what the controllers and the dictators here are up to. And they're willing to tell on them. And they lose their jobs. They lose everything. But they want to tell the truth. They come up with the truth. And so these people receive divine protection. Which whistleblowers always are protected against the, the uh, dictator who wants to control everybody and control everything. So, so we're going to stop there. I didn't get nearly as far as I wanted to get. I never do. There's always more. But we're going to talk about the mind control techniques of Pharaoh and propaganda, brainwashing, all that stuff. It's being done now to us. You got me? It's, it's always being done to people in the world. We've been, in fact, I think it was the last, uh, let me think. We used to, I think now it's legal to to speak propaganda over the airwaves. It didn't used to be. I'm going to look and see how long that's been uh, a law in this country, but it was not. So I'll look it up and see. I'll give you the dates on it and everybody, everything, and uh, so that you can know that what we're here hearing on the news media, the same. Remember that loop that was played over and over and over again. Remember this is CNN with James Earl Jones, and everybody liked this wonderful voice. You got me? Uh, that was done for propaganda reasons. And if you noticed it, the news came on every half hour. But if you sat there and paid attention, you said, this is the same news I heard 30 minutes ago. Huh? Propaganda. That's how it's done.
So, okay, so we'll pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We'll, we'll, we'll curse Pharaoh's works and take authority over him and his servants. His chosen captains are no more. They have no power. But we got to enforce it, folks. He just won't go away. It's not his job to go away. It's for us to make him go away. Because we use our faith to live the life we want to live. Amen. According to what God has ordained for us. And so we're, we're very much wanting to keep him at bay. Keep his powers off of everything. Your schools, your homes, your churches, everything. We don't brainwash people. We don't control people. We let people free. We want people to make up their own minds about what they want to do. Even when you're trying to help people, you got to back off and let them hear from God. You got me. Always respect people in that, that way. Amen. So, Father in heaven, we thank you that we are your people. Thank you, Lord. Our sins are forgiven, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we are washed in your precious blood, that we wear your righteousness because we are people of faith, that we ask you to raise up your people. We declare to you, Pharaoh, let the people of God go. Let their minds go. Let their property go. Take your fear off of them. Take your propaganda away, that they may worship and serve the Lord. We bind you and your servants. We bind your powers of pride, compromise, false authority, witchcraft, false signs and wonders, oppression, bondage, man-killing, abortion, deceit, fear, idolatry, child abuse, domestic violence, drug abuse, prostitution. We plague your land with pestilence and famine. We rain hail and fire on your spiritual wickedness. Our prayers are like boils in your flesh. And we scatter your servants. We strip you of your chariots and their wheels. We strip you of your strength. We strip you of your money. We refuse to serve you any longer by the arm of flesh. We will only serve the living God by the Spirit. We speak only woe and weeping to you and sorrow for your sin. We say that the Lord is God. He has already defeated you. He has taken the honor from you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are our strength and our song. You have become our salvation. You are our God. You are our dwelling place. We will exalt you. The Lord is a man of war. Jesus is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and hosts were cast into the sea and his chosen captains drowned. The waters have covered them. They sank unto the bottom as a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power and has broken the enemy into pieces in the greatness of your power. You have overthrown them that rise up against you. You sent forth your wrath which consumed them as stubble with a blast of your nostrils. The waters were gathered together. They stood upright as a heap. The enemy said, I will pursue and overtake. I'll divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I'll draw my sword. My hand will destroy them. But you, Lord, you blew with the wind and you see covered them and your, your hand destroyed them. Uh, you, uh, you're, they sank as lead into the mighty waters. Now who is like unto you, O Lord, among gods? Who is like unto you in holiness, fearful in praises and doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed the enemy. You and your mercy led forth the people you redeemed. You have guided them in your strength into a holy habitation. The people will hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the wicked. 
The rulers of wickedness shall be amazed. They shall tremble and melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them by the greatness of your arm. They shall be as still as a stone till your people pass over, O Lord, till your people pass over which you have purchased. You shall bring them into the mountain of their inheritance, in the place which your hand has made for us to dwell in, in our sanctuary which your hands have established. You, O Lord, shall rule forever and reign forever and ever, ever. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for that, Father. Amen and amen and amen again. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So Pharaoh's power is no more. you got to stand and decree it and keep standing. You don't care what the enemy does to you. You answer to a higher power. Amen. Threaten you taking this away and taking that away. You never gave it to us in the first place. You can't take something away that only God has given to us. Amen. 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 Amen.